Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hi, I'm John Oliver, member number one. You're listening to Joy 94.9. Hello and welcome to Being There, Done That on Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. It's Chris here. And I'm Gordon. And I'm Phil. Oh, so thank you very much, gentlemen. And, for... and John Oliver just came out on radio. John <laughs> <laughs> Oliver, and I'm one. And it... <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty more there's... members than him, and he's not number one, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. He might be member number one of Joy, but he is not the first member of the, the gay community. Oh, really, we, truly. we go back centuries, let's face it. We have been around for a long, long time. I haven't. The, the long enough. Long enough. <laughs> because it's our history program, why don't we uh, discuss some people who are in the anniversaries book in our first little chat? We can talk about Graham Kennedy, Robert Desai, and Patricia Routledge, amongst others. And then in the rest of the program, we'll be talking about the apologies to our Indigenous communities over the years and where we are in the process and, and how we compare with our friends across the ditch, the New Zealanders. Where men are men and sheep are nervous. <laughs> you just had an opportunity not to say that. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> uh, and the, the rest of the show will be talking about gay conversion therapy and some of the reactions against it the proposals, and of course it's St Valentine's Day coming up, of which we usually miss out on all the carrying on, but there's probably a good reason why. And then in the last little grab, we might be talking about equality in the sports arenas. Yes, that'd be lovely. So that's what's on our deck today. We Mm. hope you'll stay with us. And Gordon, let's talk about Graham Kennedy. Is our first anniversary person yes. today. He was, a, he was an absolute star of the early te- television era, wasn't he? Because his, he, his first appearance was in 1957 as in, a, in a, um, one of those radio radiothon things. Yes. That's right, for but the children's hospital. why are we talking him about this end of the year and not other times? Because he had a birthday. He was born on the 15th of February, 1934, and he's already gone to God. That's right. He went in 2005. So for a lot of us, he is a memory. For others, he is uh, just an inscription or in printed form. Yes, because if you if you saw television in the early days of television in Melbourne from about 19... I, I came here to Melbourne in 58, and I can vaguely remember seeing Graham Kennedy around about 1960 in... A, black and white television shows in those days of course we didn't have colour and he was just an amazing um, 
carry on man. He was a breath of fresh air. He was, in some ways, a very naughty boy because he would push the boundaries of radio and of television. Oh, look, yes. And being a gay person internally, he had this theatrical streak in him. Now, Mm. no one ever was told whether he was gay or not. Those of us who knew said, ah, he's one of us. Mm. But I think all the mums and dads, they, they enjoyed his antics. Well, it was his humour and the way he carried on. And, and but, but the boss of the Channel 9 hated him. Frank Packer hated him, thought he was terrible. Well, you'd only have a look at a picture of Frank Packer to see a homophobe. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad, who never discussed being gay or would ever call, call anybody gay, Towards the end of the 60s, yeah. was there a rumour that Graham was going to marry Lana Cantrell? That's right, yes. And I don't, re- I can't quote him, but my dad basically said she's going to have a very tough job keeping him, <laughs> <laughs> implying that he would have absolutely no interest in her. So once again, there was tolerance, there was knowledge, but the, we, uh, we didn't feel comfortable enough to promote ourselves he, the, because of the social pressures. But, but he must have been miserable because he was gay. He would, he would know he's gay. Yeah. And in the miniseries that was out a couple of years ago, they would actually you know, see him meeting young men at the studio and putting them in the boot of his car and driving them down to his house in Frankston. That's got to be plan B. <laughs> uh, yes. God, so, but, you know, imagine having to leave that. Well, Bar in the closet. But you've got to realise that when he was such a, a talent and so highly respected as a comedian and television presenter and all the rest of it in those days that you wouldn't have been able to do anything without getting away with it. Fortunately, in those days, they didn't have mobile phones where people could take photographs of what you were doing and um, doing it, but they're using them like they use them now for people to be blackmailed and all the rest of it. But he was uh, absolute screaming funny man you, you you had to laugh at what he did he, he would ruin commercial advertising and they would say oh the the, the advertiser the people won't advertise with us anymore but the advertisers realized that by him ruining their advert about their product the sales went through the bloody well, roof he was ad-libbing he, he yeah, had ad-lib, his script yeah, yeah. and basically you'd pay for a minute of live read on tv yeah. and get five minutes of five comedy, minutes of comedy mentioning your product all the way through that's right they used to say if you're wearing ral merton they're hurting for certain <laughs> and i think the miracle brush co or there's something some like a dust collector or something yeah and there's the slogan would be if it works it's a miracle <laughs> <laughs> but this is the way he got this is the way people loved him because he would irreverent he would, very irreverent and yes. a, very quick brain. Oh, God, very, yes, he's a, very quick. Yeah, very sharp. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You had to be on your toes to be anywhere with him, I reckon. Yeah. And we don't have anybody like that anymore. We've got a few American hosts who are funny, but yeah. they're not. They're not on the edge but that they used to live on. But the people these days that you say the American hosts that are funny, they've usually got a script. Well, Kennedy would be just working off the top of his head for most of us. Oh, they had writers. They had writers, but they, but he, they, they would, would give him ideas and then he would just go with it. And he would have run-throughs, mm. but yeah. He would um, just go. If anything happened while he was doing it, everything could change in, in an instant. So what has changed that we haven't got one of the Social pressures so, Social again. media, perhaps? I mean, no, no, no. I think it's so many things now have got to be politically correct. Yeah, well, comedy has changed. Yes. Mm. He could make you laugh by saying the wrong thing. 
That, oh, God, yes. Which eventually cost him his career. Well, he, he was did the crow call and got turfed up off television because they said he thought he was using the F word. But the, well, the Packer family had a huge problem because they hated him, mm. but they loved the ratings. They loved the money. He made them a lot of money. He was bringing money in left, right and centre because they were the, the advertising rates were sky high. Footnote, Packers used to own Channel 9. Yes, that's right. Sir James, he was... No, not Sir Frank. Uh, Sir Frank was Sir Frank. The, Sir Frank. Uh, he died, but now Jamie James. has got it. Well, there was uh, Kerry no, in the middle. There's Kerry in the middle. Oh, Kerry as well. Kerry That's was in right. the middle. So it was a bit of a dynasty, but I, mm. who owns Channel 9 these I days? I don't think it's... I don't well, think Nine and Fairfax have merged. Yeah, I yeah. don't think it's Packer. Uh, I don't think no. James Packer's anything to do with... He's, yeah, sold, yeah. he's, he's basically sold but, out of everything but, but except his... again, he, as the owner mm. of the Packer mob, they influenced to a personal extent, uh, what was happening, what was going to be That's right, yep, 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 yep. But what, anybody else having a birthday? No, no, I was going to say, uh, so therefore, the world is far more PC these days, and there's even a suggestion, come close to the radio as I tell you this, in the US, in the state of Utah, and I think Arizona, which is next door, they are blaming all the world's ills on pornography and the availability of pornography and everything is be wound back so the the right wing is trying to exert their influence in that respect could i say they should go back to some of the ancient tales of japan and india and they would really see pornography it's nothing like the stuff that they put on film these days it's been around for centuries where the uh, the western society has been that usually has meant a reduction of the availability and the acceptability for those forms of art, I'm going to call them, Pan and in India and in Rome, of course, mm. in Greece. Mm. Statues and graphic illustrations left, right and centre in stone. Yes. Yeah. So, and Graham, Utah is not a, um, a really good place to find normal thinking people. Of course no. not. It's the home of the Mormons. It I is. wasn't going to name them. Mm. <laughs> now, Graham was a wonderful person of his time, and he died in rather sad circumstances. Yes. He had got very sick at his house up in the southern highlands of New South Wales, and um, they had to put him into a hospital. Oh, for a moment, I thought you were going to say they had to put him down. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I know they shoot horses, but they're no, not allowed well, to do people. He put down a lot of people with some of his jokes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah it's true so. too. Uh, now, someone else who's having a birthday round about this time. This I, I would say Robert Desai, the author and writer. Very interesting man. He's written some wonderful, wonderful books. Having a birthday having on a the birthday. 17th of February because That's he right. was born in 1944 on that day. Robert, Robert to say is a gay author. He's a gay author. Yeah, he's a gay, gay writer. He's written some very interesting books about his, the way he was brought up because he was adopted and he eventually found his birth mother and um, went on to become, write a very interesting book about but his, he's his a mother. Melbourne lad. So I think well, yeah, a fair amount of his life in Melbourne. Yeah, but he's also not sure where he is these days. Tasmania. He lives in Tasmania, Tasmania. now. Yeah, thank you. So, but I, I've had the pleasure of interviewing him, and he's a, a delightful man to talk to, and he's a very interesting writer. If you've read any of his Does books, does he write gay stories or gay? Uh, there can be gay influences in some of the books, yes, but most of the time he, he, he writes things as they they're uh, um, quite factual. Some of the books, you know, the, the way he writes. Yes, he wrote a. a he was writing a thing about his journey through 
Northern Africa at one stage was one of, one of the books that he yeah. wrote, and and right through France. The book that I read was right. He came through France, and he was mm. uh, travelling here. He's a very interesting writer. Mm. Oh, very good, and he's one of us. And he's, he's one of us. Yeah. He's local in a yeah. way. Yep. Yep. Um, now the other person having birthday, because she was born on the seventeenth of the tooth, uh, nineteen twenty nine, is a dame of the British Empire. Hmm. We're talking about Dame Patricia Routledge. Hyacinth. Better known exactly as Hyacinth, Hyacinth. Bucket. Hyacinth oh, Bucket. Okay, sorry. Did you, you know that Hyacinth was originally a man? Oh, well, that's that's the, the actual flower. Yeah, but... but yeah, in Hy- Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah Hyacinth is a, was a bloke. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Did but, he really enjoy flowers? Uh, no, he, the, flower, <laughs> the Hyacinth flower comes from the fact that when he was hit in the neck by a, a discus that they were throwing with Apollo and the wind god hated him, hated the relationship between the two of them. He, he blew the, the discus after Apollo had thrown it and it hit, hit um, Hyacinth in the neck and killed him and Hyacinth, uh, um, Apollo wouldn't let them take him to the underworld uh, when he died. He wanted the body and he uh, the blood is the dark colour of the purple Hyacinth and the p- pinky part is the tears of Apollo. That's where they get the hyacinth from. Well, that seems better than the uh, the next book that comes along ever. The Bible has explanations. <laughs> well, the God in that Bible book, he doesn't play sport even. He doesn't throw a discus or anything, so <laughs> no, he's a bit true. of a wimp. But Dame Patricia Routledge, yes, yeah. she's a dame. She's 91 years yes. strong. Strong, yes. I, could ima- I couldn't have ever, ever imagined... Patricia Routledge being anything else but strong. She's got a good pair of lungs, and I do mean lungs. She's a great singer. And not what is hanging off the front of her. Mm. She was a singer, apparently. Yes, yes. Won a Tony Award in on Broadway for being the best musical star or something rather than a, The Boyfriend when it went from London to New York. And she's got a lovely voice. And But in the show that she was in when she was in, when she was Hyacinth Bouquet, she had to sing, but she always had to sing off-key. And it's the most one of the most hard, hardest things to do for a singer to do is to sing off key. A trained singer, and she was trained. Yeah. There you are. And you're listening to Been There, Done That on Joy ninety four point nine. To find out more about Joy ninety four point nine, check out joy.org.au. And you're with Phil, Chris, and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy ninety four point nine. On the seventeenth of February, eighteen forty six, some Aboriginal peoples on Flinders Island in Bass Strait decided to let Queen Victoria know that they were being mistreated and they were being ignored as people of Tasmania. Yeah, well, Tasmania had a terrible thing to do with their Indigenous community and they had what what they called the black line. Nobody was allowed to pass that. And so what they did, they they would round up some of the Indigenous community and they'd take them right out of the way so that they weren't interfering with the white population and they put a whole lot of them onto Flinders Island. And there was a, a man named Walter George Arthur, who was part of the Robert Lomond, uh, the Ben Lomond tribe, who was born in 1820. He had a very hard upbringing in different sorts of, of institutions, one would say. And he came to Victoria, and but he went back uh, to Flinders Island, and he could see what was going on on Flinders Island, because they were living in absolute poverty on the island. Well, so he they decided, had lived well in Tasmania, that's right, but lived on the land yeah. because it was their country. Country, that's and right. And they were displaced Just, people. That's they right. Were refugees yep. from their own country to a li- an island in the thing that where they didn't belong. 
And they were probably not sea people. No, not at all. They were probably land people. Mm, mm. So this particular fellow went and found out how the rest of the world was living and uh, how society was progressing. Mm. And then he got cross and cranky with the fact that his own people on Flinders Island now uh, were being left behind. Yeah, yeah. Now, isn't that typical? It is. It was. That was very typical of the time, of course, and it's still typical now, of course, in lots of cases. You've only got to look at Manus Island and um, Nauru, for instance. It's had the same thing's basically happening there, although they don't live in absolute poverty, well, which is one good thing. There still seems to be a complete disregard for human rights. Yes, yes. Now, in the 1800s, well, I don't want to say it's excusable, but you know, there would have been an ignor- ignorance and an arrogance. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know whether Queen Victoria would have known much about what was going on in faraway Australia, of course, because we, we were only just over 50 years old by then, which is 1788 when we founded, or they started New South Wales. Well, would she have just seen it as some petty little quarrel? Well, it was, a, yeah, and it was, a, it was a, basically a, a jail for people that they were throwing out of England. So I don't know whether Queen Victoria would have been able to do anything about it anyhow. It would have been up to the Parliament, I would have thought. But, yeah, so that was the the way it went. Not very comfortable. No, well, the government had apparently promised to provide uh, suitable food, clothing and shelter. And they didn't. We know that when they employed the same tactics in the rest of Australia, the food was basically flour, plain flour, with all the goodness taken out of it, none of the other ingredients. They had to find oils and fats and, and things to combine with it to make a Western sort of food called bread. When in fact, you know, they dab, didn't eat that dab sort of came along. Yeah. But I don't know whether the Aboriginal peoples actually had bread or any carbohydrate like that that Are needed they- to be cooked. I think they got their carbohydrates from other um, sources. They did sort of have their own flower-making stuff out of some of the seeds from the plants that they would, but which would be growing naturally. I think they learned how to make flour out of those seeds mm. and would grow that. But it uh, it just shows that they did uh, the the way that the um, people in Tasmania were treated was very very badly. It was I think it was even worse than the rest of Australia, mm. which was the which was the problem. Anyway, they wrote to uh, Queen Victoria and said. We are not happy. I presume the stories came back and things got... They could have got a little bit better, but probably not a great deal. Probably Mm. not. But by the time the message would have gone there and come back, probably half the the island would have passed away from the poverty and the the bad um, food that they were getting. That was one of the things that's part of the story of the Australian Indigenous community. But then on the 13th of February 2008, not that long ago, one of our Prime Ministers who was... Like the Parsons Egg, you know, good in places and not in others. Yes. The Australian government formally apologised to the stolen generations of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Yes, he did, and good on you, Kevin Rudd. That's one of the yeah. few good things that you could be remembered for for and doing that. I don't that. think it was really a political action. No, he, I, it, well, he did it in the Parliament. But he did, he, he did it, but, it, but he wa- it wasn't to get an elephant stamp on his page. Well... I, I think that the the uh, the indigenous community thought it was a uh, worthwhile because the place was packed with mm. with the members of the, it, of the tribes around Australia. It was a big deal, but it didn't result in any actions. Not many actions at all. No, I don't think so. It created a bit of a furore amongst the people that didn't want it to be. But the stolen generation was that referring to the Christian ministries well, removing well, children from Aboriginal mothers no, and bringing them. Well, a lot of it was, a lot of it was government. The government decided that the only way to get rid of the 
thing was to get rid of all the half-caste children and, and the full-bloods to take them out of their family so that they could be educated in the Western way. And uh, that, it, that's right. That was a way of civilising mm. them, was to breed them out of existence. Mm. That Which, was official policy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sort of... <laughs> it's shattered It's material. sort of begs of the... Of the that's why the kids were taken away from, the, from their parents. Yeah. And they were supposed to be educated in the white man's ways. And if you want to see a good film about that, watch The Rabbit Proof Fence. So that was the progression of, of concept, of thought. But now the ideas are being reversed completely. Because yeah, where, I, where I lived in WA, just uh, about a few stations down the line towards Perth, there was a complete, like a hostile situation for these um, stolen generation children. And one of those was Polly Farmer, the great footballer mm. that played for Geelong. He had, uh, I think it was Geelong, wasn't it? I think he paid for. Don't ask me. Yeah, don't ask you. All right. <laughs> I know, but he, he came over here and he was a star. And I yeah. used to, I used to have to run against him when we were at school. And, and just as well we've got carpets on this yes. floor, isn't it, Phil? <laughs> well, when the Dropping, names drop, yeah. they get a soft landing. <laughs> and since then we've had uh, the Uluru Statement. Oh, well, didn't that get a great hearing? Expressing their voices again well they just asked for what they thought was the reasonable uh, way of of getting together and and forming some sort of um policy between the indigenous community and the and the government to sort of help them be heard a little bit more about what they needed and what they wanted and of course when it was written it's only a it's one full scap page uh, a4 page long it's not a great big thing because they condensed it down into the basic uh, basic requirements and it was handed to the Prime Minister, and he just rejected it out of hand, basically. Mm. He read it and rejected it. He said, we're not he having did. that. He yeah. did, yes. Yeah. And they'd, they'd spent years doing that. You, you forgot the name. You can't just say the Prime Minister. You no, have to well, name them. All right, Malcolm Turnbull. Because right. as the wind blows, the names change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what we do, of course, is compare our treatment of our Indigenous peoples with the way the New Zealanders did with theirs. The Waitangi Treaty, yes, that was... Um, On the 6th of February 1840, yeah. the Treaty of Waitangi is signed, protecting Maori land interests. That's right, yes, and, and, and it was interesting the other night we were watching that television show where they took the train from Auckland yeah. right down, and they went through one area and they said in that area the Maori people stopped white people from going onto the land. They actually said you cannot come here, yeah. and they, they had to get permission to go into well, the place. Now we're getting that. As there's a few of those. With Uluru itself. Yeah, there's a few yeah. of the um, situations up in the Northern Territory and but something. Yeah, the Maoris are, are a different they're more breed. They're a different. Oh, yeah. They're um, Melanesian, Polynesian. The Australian Aborigines were happy. Well, not happy, well, they but, were, but they were very passive they, and were just shot. Oh, they would have their they would have their fights between themselves, but they and they did fight back against the white population, and then so that the population had some massacres, yeah. many of them, about three or four hundred of them. Anyway, here we've got on being there done that with Phil, Chris, and Gordon, and we've got Euphoria from Lorene. Now, this was a song from the 2012 <laughs> Eurovision Song Contest. Here's Lorene, Euphoria. Joy 94.9 You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au
You're with Chris, Phil and Gordon Bean. They've done that on Joy 94.9. How can people get in contact with us, please, if they want to speak to us or listen to us? They can go to their computer memorizator. Oh, yes. And yes. open up their email engine, mm-hmm. which they used to be called, and email us at there at joy.org.au There's a little pause in there for <laughs> nearly, thought. Nearly forgot where you were. <laughs> Could be all sorts of places. And, and how can people listen to us directly, though? The ones not listening right now. Yes. Because they, they know because they're doing it. You can listen to our podcast. You can go to the Joy homepage, look up programs, find Been There, Done That, and you'll find our most recent posts. And not only our most recent posts... There's probably about a year and a half's worth of posts as There's well. There's only so much of that's, us you want to hear. That's <laughs> going to be a long fence with all those posts. Well, it's rabbit-proof. Oh, oh <laughs> thank you, good. Thank you, Phil. Right. Uh, 14th of February is going to be Valentine's Day. Oh, dear Austin Val. Why? Why? Oh, because he was he was promoted to the, be the god of love or something rather about love, wasn't he? He was actually a, a cleric and was about to become the Bishop of Rome at one stage, as I remember reading. Oh, right. Yes, so he was, a, he was there and um, he, I think he stood up for something rather... I, I, my memory's gone on me. I'm, you'll have to tell me what it was. I thought it was Hallmark and the other greeting card companies. Having lost production one, after one, Christmas. One, one thing about I can tell you about St Valentine's Day, that straight after the yes vote, the next Valentine's Day, you could buy same-sex Valentine's Day cards. Oh, now I tell you what I've also seen around uh, for this Valentine's Day, but not here in Australia, are bunches of roses where each head of the rose, which started out as a white rose, has been sprayed with different colours to replicate... The rainbow. Exactly. Oh, right, yeah. Isn't that novel? Yeah, because I, I, I can remember after the first, when when the yes vote was passed the next year, I was looking through some cards and I saw this um, two in the paper shop of different um, same-sex uh, Valentine's Day cards, which I thought was, that was pretty quick. How's your TV mm. trivia? What did the Adams family do with their roses? I don't know. Cut the flowers off and put the stems oh, right, in the vase. Yes, that's right. They put the stems in the vase. Yes, I can remember that. So St. Valentine's Day is a day traditionally on which lovers in some cultures declare their love by sending Valentine's cards, which are often anonymous, or giving gifts, which are usually from a man to woman. Uh, but these days there might be the opportunity for same-sex givings. And yeah. these days it's probably a text or something on Twitter. Oh, yes. I you would wouldn't imagine. send a physical card. But is, is it the same? I've no. Been, no, I've, no. I've been getting... A uh, kiss on the lips. I've been getting reminders from people that make the uh, the cards on the internet that it is some Valentine's Day coming up. Do you want to send your Valentine's now? So no. no. And what does it cost? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. They're free. Freebies. Yeah, it's one of the few things that are free on the when you get things on the tele on the yeah, internet. Yeah, yeah. But don't imagine that your data is not being. Oh, re- it's being. It's every being time harvested. you press a key, there that yes, stuff's been harvested. Yes. 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 Um, now, what else has been happening around about this time as well that we'd like to mention? Well, in 1966, we had to convert our currency. Oh, it, which was, was an acceptable form of currency conversion. That was a radical, radical conversion, wasn't it? From pounds to dollars. Mm. 
and 14th of February 1966. Yes. I can still remember that little ditty. But we have another sort of conversion now, which we don't like the sound of. We, well, we have we like the sound of it in Victoria because we're, we're talking about gay conversion, which the state government have banned. Well, they're in the process of going through that. Yep. They're, they're working out of all the bases that have to be covered in the legislation. Mm. So they're looking at the upside and the downside and the, and the repercussions left, right and centre so that they can fill all the gaps before they leap from one lily pad to the other. Yes, the moment that um, Daniel Andrews um, said that they were going to do this, the Australian Christian lobby were up in arms and they were screaming and shouting and carrying on like there was just no tomorrow. Now, hello, hello, hello. They were the ones that stood out against the same-sex marriage. And lost. So you, are you saying that he wants the right to keep spruiking yes. or, and trying the, to, the gay conversion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, that, that seems a bit weird. I, I, I suppose one could say that there is a degree of uh, free speech involved. But Is there a difference between religion and abuse? I don't see any religion in gay conversion. Don't understand that at all. No. I wouldn't have thought so Except either. that religion's frequently uses denounce us as you. devils yes, or right. don't acknowledge us at all. Use, uses us as an excuse for things. But why would you demand the right to physically and mentally torture somebody to try and make them something they're not? Hmm. Where well, is the... Where's the logic? Where's, where's the humanity? Well, it's not, exactly. it's not a Christian feeling, is it, to sort of... Well, it's only the church that want to do this. this is right, and it's not just the Christians in New York. They've already got a law banning... Gay conversion. That's right. Yes. And who is he? Uh, Schwartz. Mr. Schwartz. Dr. David Schwartz. Schwartz. He's suing the government because it's violating his his right to free speech and free exercise of religion. It's not religion. It's nothing to do with religion. It's what do you do? Hit him with a cross? Is that religion? (laughs) No, though you wouldn't do that in the Jewish religion. No, Star of David. Yep. Yep. Do we know the um, the film the Clockwork Orange, is yes. that remembered much in the community? I don't know. I, I, I saw it and it was a pretty violent movie. Well, they tried to convert him from being right. a violent person. That's right, yeah. And he made that, him more violent. <laughs> it did, but the processes used were... Pretty horrible. Oh, yeah. incredibly horrible. Yeah, but, but... And I don't see gay conversion being much better. No, but it's, it's the, the, I, I guess if you've got this... If you've lost one fight about us, like stopping... Um, like getting same-sex marriage, if anything else comes up that they can have a go at us for, they will do it because that's that's their raison d'etre, I would say. Well, our Premier was actually quite well-spoken on this subject and he was interviewed ahead of the Pride March last week. That's right, yes, he was, yeah. And he called the conversion therapy an evil practice and said it it had peddled shame and stigma. These activities, commonly referred to as gay conversion therapy, claim to be able to change someone's sexuality or gender identity. says, what is its most personal form of torture, a cruel practice that perpetuates the idea that our community are in some way broken? We're not. Yeah, well, he's he's very, very um, in the forefront for our rights, of course, which is wonderful. He summarised it by saying, it's not LGBTI people who need to change, it's our laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the, and and the people that want to do it, they, they've got to be changed. They've got to grow up, look at the calendar, and realise that they don't rule the world anymore. The Tasmanian chap has come up with a very interesting thing. He was talking about how Tasmania don't have 
and he oh, of this. Oh, that young student. Yeah, the ch- oh, he was in year twelve. Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's it, find that little piece of paper because it was an English, it was a very interesting story. Tasmania has shown it can protect LGBTI students' rights, and why can't the rest of the nation? And he came out in his Catholic school, and wasn't discriminated against. It wasn't because. Yeah. I suppose the people who could have been discriminated against him were his fellow students as one cohort, but they were already on his side. That's right. And then all the rest of the opposition, if there was going to be an inter-opposition, was from the teaching staff and from the Catholic Church. But they, they didn't get anything from the teaching staff either. No. That was a safe school. That's all that Victoria's been trying to do as well, is provide the tools to the teaching staff and the parents that your kids are okay, just another fact of life that they need to be taught about. That's right, but then there's still... Not how to do it, but that it occurs. Aren't the federal government still talking about giving the schools, the the religious schools, the right to sack gay and lesbian teachers? Oh, yes, yes. The Ruddox thing hasn't come through. Yeah, that's a, that's yet. another thing. That that's not much of a battle, is it? That's one yeah. of the fights I was talking about with yeah. the chap after the film. Yeah. Anyway, here we are. We've, we're going through our little topics fairly quickly today. I think we might like to hear from Ace of Base. Why? Because they reckon it's a beautiful life. It is a beautiful life. Well, it can be. Sometimes you've got to fight for your right. Mm, that's true. You're on joy. Love Radio? Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Turn us on anywhere. You're with Chris, Phil and Gordon. Been there, done that on Joy 94.9. I'm having a hoarse throat. What race are we running in next? No, 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 no. Why the long pace? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear, oh, dear. Enough of the horsey jokes. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm talking of sport, however. Yes. Our friends in the UK have got what they call the LGBT History Month. One of the activities that they are running this year is a football match where the rainbow colours and some branding is going to be in the forefront. Now, what are they putting on their rainbow guernsey? Football versus homophobia. It's quite a, quite a clever little um, it, it thing to tag on. It is clever, but... Who's winning? I was going to say that it asks that question. The other thing is that will people really see that when they're viewing from the stands or on TV? Depends if it's in glitter. If they've got the words in glitter, it'll be standing out. But if if you think of the stereotypical 
English football fan hmm. with both his teeth, yeah. sitting there with his beer in hand, is he going to appreciate this method, message? Well, look what they did with the um, fashion hour bloke that came out as gay and played football. He finished up committing suicide because of the the um, yeah, homophobia. Right. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, but there are in in the UK football sport a few icons like gay icons like we've had in our sporting ventures here. Ben Cohen, I think, is one of theirs. He's a bit of a, a lad and a half. He's a big boy, mm-hmm. but he is supportive and he's been a very good example for people in sports so anyway they've got sporting teams like we've got rugby here Uh, they've got lots of them it's good to see that they're getting involved with their national sport which is football well and to to have a a pride match sort of thing you know the players will don their special kit on a football match on the february the 16th against bradford that's going to be wonderful but then again we have sort of led the way with our australian rules football of course because we have our Pride match, which is between Sydney and Melbourne. When was the first one? About three years ago, I think it was, Chris. I I know I was there, but it was between St Kilda, which is the club I barrack for, have always. Swans. And and then the Sydney Swans. So that was the Sydney, two Sydney sides. Yeah. But it was very interesting, too, that in last week's um, Pride match, there was the the football, the gay uh, football support groups were all marching together. Wow! Yeah, they were all pink that, rainbow, uh, pink magpies. Pink magpies were there, and the purple hawks, and there was the mm-hmm. saints, some of the other saints. But they were all they all marched together as as the as the um, football supporters. Well, we've often said that sport is the way that you get integration of our migrant communities yes, into our right. culture. Yep. Uh, but it also seems to be a, a wonderful way for breaking down barriers in respect of our community. That's right. Integrating. Well, look, I'm sure that there's there are footballers in every denomination uh, there are, there has to be some of them uh, that are either totally gay and hiding it or and bisexual and hiding it too hmm. you know because we are supposed to be one in every 10 or something or other so yeah. how many people there's play? a few in the american football leagues who are slowly starting to come out yes that's right yeah but, but after um, they've retired basically oh a couple actually playing are they oh. and a lot of olympic athletes are oh, coming out yeah 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 and it's good to see the other equality in uh, sports coming along uh, with the women's teams. Yeah, but I, I, I'm a fan of skating, and I watch the skating that's on the television. Yes. And um, one of the the chap that was representing America at the last Olympics as the uh, as their figure skater, he was out, and um, he had a hell of a job trying to keep going in the skating community. Oh, yes, mm. yeah. Mm. If you don't get that sponsorship carryover, mm. Thorpey had a bit of a problem there at one stage, yeah. and Matthew Mitchum as well in our recent teams. But I suppose that's par for the course. Mm. Lots of uh, players in any sport, uh, if they've got the wrong political attitudes, yeah. sometimes yeah. Get, yep. get drummed yep. out of the sport. Yeah. I suppose it's fair game. However, there does seem to be a fair amount of support for women's well, look, uh, football look, look, of late. Look at the way that the AFLW has come out and, and the, the captain of the um, Adelaide Crows that won the grand final, the won three years ago, the original concept grand final, um, she brought her partner, her wife, to the presentation at the end of the year and nobody batted an eyelid. No. Not an eyelid, you know. Why should you? Well, I will be watching when the first AFL seniors... When the uh, gay man comes. Yes, yes. Yes, You'll bat an eyelid at the brown low. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, it's, it will happen, of course. We do have uh, Jason Ball, who was a minor uh, AFL player in the old days. You know, he came out and made a, he's become the spokesperson for a lot of um, yeah. sport and gays, gays in sport. But Well, uh, he had a fairly good run with oh, yeah. his own club. That's right. Once again, his fellow players were of the same age and social group, and they didn't have a, a problem. They couldn't give a it continental. Was the coaches or mm. some of the spectators that might have had the problem. But That's right. uh, Jason didn't, and no. uh, he, he's a wonderful advertisement for integration. Yeah. Spectators are always going to be the last to come on board. We oh. still have racism to deal with with spectators. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they've got a long way to go. When you, when you consider what they say to the to our Indigenous players, some oh, of them, you know. Indeed. The, the, yeah. uh, but also what you see, parents in junior footy. Oh, yeah. They're, they're worse. Yeah, you know, they are inciting mm. hatred. That's right. Yeah. And where do the kids pick it up from? Which their is, parents. Which is what I'm saying. That no child is born with hatred or or, no. or homophobia or any of those things. You have to be taught, and it comes from the comes from your peers and your parents and your church and your church. Well, yeah. Is it? Look at that time. Oh. Yes, it's almost about time for us to pack up our little shop and t- take ourselves I, away. I shall fold my tent and disappear quietly into the night. Hello. Okay. <laughs> I'll just say bye-bye. <laughs> we'll hope to have your company next week. Yes. Thanks for being with us. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.